1: In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast, special edition, Double or Nothing, part two, where we're chopping up all or nothing, featuring the Carolina Panthers. This little segment is going to be on Episodes 4, 5, and 6. And here in the house, talking about the team we love, and we got to know even more with me, Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend?
0: Tony it Dunn, it's a Sunday night, and that means we're talking all or nothing. Uh, listen, uh, this is, like I said, this has been one of my favorite documentaries to watch. Uh, a lot happened in these episodes that we're going to cover. We got the best Panther fans on YouTube in the chat. And nothing to it but to do it brother let's
1: roll word up smash that thumbs up button hit the subscribe share the show beware there's spoilers in this episode in this one if you haven't watched all or nothing where have you been at first of all number two there are spoilers so if you don't want to be it to be spoiled uh tune into the c3 panthers podcast on tuesday ton to talk about on tuesday night training camp rocking and rolling curtis samuels fire it's all good right now we're gonna. We're going to have so much fun Tuesday night, Cody. I almost called you Tony. I'm Tony.
0: Listen, there's so much I want to talk about right now. Panthers Twitter has been lit. There's been a ton of great things uh, to follow, a bunch of great clips, a lot of storylines to follow. So be sure to turn in Tuesday night. And uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about. And we definitely want to hear your opinion in the cat calls. And let us know what you're thinking about Panther news and opinions right now. And that's what we're here for, man. C3 Carolina Panthers podcast. What's
1: good, d 79 Underground West. Welcome to the show. Pro tip for people that are listening to this bonus episode is that the C3 uh, Fantasy Football Challenge opened tonight. I sent out the VIP invitation. So if you were in the league last year, check your email. Uh, you have an invitation to go register. But if you're listening right now, you actually are a VIP because I'm telling you, you can go to carolinacatchronicles.com. You can click on the C3 Fantasy Football Challenge tab, and then you can go register. And I'm telling you, it's going to be lit this year. The premium package is going to get some dope stuff, but they're going to be entered into a raffle for um, a autographed DJ Moore jersey as well as an autographed Cam Newton football. These are just among two of fantasy football prizes out there it's the only fantasy football league for panther fans with panther prizes and panther awards only it's a great time check it out and uh, check your email now cody we're here to hit up episodes four five and six this is your sweet spot you did not want to do part one of the show you wanted to just go ahead and talk about this yeah but, Episode four starts off. Thomas Davis returns from a four-game suspension. When I was watching it, it took a while for me to remember that that was a storyline, too. I don't even know if we mentioned that uh, when we were in our anticipation discussions about storylines to follow. Thomas Davis returns from a four-game suspension. They made it out to be that he was a big critical addition back into the defense at that time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout-out to J-Dub, Jake DeLone, Luke Chider, Underground West in the chat. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, this, this was Thomas Davis's last season. Um, so, you know, this is tough, man, because to me Thomas Davis uh, is an all-time Panther great. Uh, I love him. I love everything that he stands for. I love everything that he's done for this football team. You know, the camaraderie between him and Luke and just what they've meant to our defense, uh, especially the both of them together on the field. I mean, they really did a ton for us. And uh, Thomas Davis, you know, it was sad to see him go out that way. His final season with the Panthers, he had to miss the first four games of the season. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I think it happens. I think you're starting to see a lot of the problems with the drug testing and the NFL now is that uh, a lot of these substances aren't made known what you are and aren't allowed to take, uh, at least not to the public. So uh, these players are putting out apology videos and that happened to Thomas last year. And, you know, I I don't care what anyone says. Um, I I never uh, thought of him as a cheater, um, even because of one one fine, one thing that happened to him in his career. Uh, And I don't necessarily feel that he meant a lot to the defense when he came back, other than maybe a leadership presence but um yeah thomas he did
1: in that initial game right is that initial game he had a ton of tackles you know he finished with just 12 games he still finished with 79 tackles 46 solo tackles 33 assists and you know i mean in just 12 games he did that basically the numbers he put up the year before in 15 games now you know, you saw that video, Thomas Davis, the heartfelt moment. You do wonder how uh, how these guys is. I saw a tweet um, because another player, a big-name player, just got popped who also has that kind of good guy, super honest dude, never cheat the game mentality to him, Taylor Lewan of the Tennessee Titans. And he put out a video very similar to the one Thomas Davis did in this really cool man, mobile man cave. It looks like his man cave is an RV. Which is pretty dope, like an old school RV. But he, you know, he went on to say that he didn't know that this substance; it wasn't listed on the ingredients, as well as that he went as far as to say he went to take a polygraph test to say he didn't know about it. That same substance that hit that kid that the kid from Clemson got popped, and I saw it. Yeah, I saw a tweet from a guy who said, uh, you know, at some point you got to wonder if these players have a lawsuit on their hands against these companies for lost wages because of a failure to articulate what's in the product.
0: Yeah, and like I said before, I remember even saying this last year, a lot of these oh, China, uh, uh China. these a lot of these supplements are made in China. And uh, the same companies that make one batch of supplements, they make another batch of supplements. And sometimes uh, they get mixed up in the same vat. I mean, half of the stuff on the counters, over half of the stuff on the counters in a GNC, if you take that stuff, you'll test positive uh, in a lot of different professional organizations. Uh, There are no laws about uh, strict labeling of what they put and each and every, uh, you know, protein powder or whatever the hell you're deciding to use. How, so it really is kind of everyone for themselves.
1: I don't understand how these non-FDA approved products have such latitude, but yeah, I but damn, you can't people can't smoke weed. But you know, this company uh, can put. We have no. I mean, these are. The, I guess they just put proprietary concoction on their ingredient like we don't really know what it is but it makes you get a lot of energy you just wonder how much of this is real science pseudoscience why can't we have more regulatory bodies that are are helpful there maybe the nfl yep. should be the one that institutes that for where they have a service that you can have your own submit your own supplements to be approved by the nfl
0: yeah, and I think they do have something maybe similar to that. I know that no one has more drug test, more stringent drug testing than the UFC. They use USADA, and people test positive for all the time, all the time for things that they didn't even know they were putting in their body. And it just seems like that's kind of um, uh, creeping over into football and and other sports as, as well. Um, it's unfortunate, man. That's Thomas Davis's last season with the Panthers, and it had to be stained by that. Um, it doesn't affect the way I think about him. Um, that being said, uh, I'm excited to see what Shaq Thompson does in Thomas Davis' place this year. He has to be paid, I believe, next year. So he finally has one year to prove that he is you know, worth that first-round draft pick that we spent on him in 2015. Um, so I miss Thomas. It was fun while it lasted. Lifelong Panther fan who'd be in the Hall of Honor for damn sure, but um, yeah, I, I don't think it's far off to say that we're a better football team without him, with some younger presences on the field.
1: Happy birthday to J Dub, our boys in the chat room. Turns uh, J Dub, he happy- turned turned a year older yesterday. um So happy birthday! May your pool cue strike true
0: there it is and happy birthday to you yeah yeah, yeah.
1: that's our own version of our song all right um, yeah. so in this episode you know they start with the the story of Thomas Davis then comes uh, with the the light moment the fun moment that that Amazon you know went and also teased out. And this is between Josh, you were playing the Redskins, and Cam Newton and Luke Keekley FaceTime Josh Norman. Clearly, you can see the camaraderie between these three guys laughing, joking around. Uh, and if you remember, I mean, this is, uh, you know, for all the people, I think this is another moment where we continue as uh, Cam Newton supporters continue to point out that all the evidence points that he's a good teammate, a good dude, a good player, a good all of that. I mean, who's he buddy buddy with? It's him and Luke Keekley doing this with Josh Norman, and Josh Norman and Luke Keekley I mean, and Josh Norman and Cam Newton even got in that tussle in training camp a couple of years ago in 2015. So I mean that they they're clearly close. Uh, and, and this was a fun moment to see. And I still, I, you know, I like Josh Norman. I'm pulling, uh, I always root for him.
0: Oh, me too, man. I love J-No. That's Josh Norman. A lot of people like to shit on him and say that he was overpaid. and all. Uh, it took him so long to turn it on. And then he was kind of a one-year wonder, and It hasn't necessarily um, been as great for Washington. But, I mean, he was instrumental in our defense uh, in that 2015 season. He's a cool guy. Uh, he's into uh, all the nerdy shit that I'm into. That Gerald McCoy is into. Uh, he, he's a cool guy, and he's maintained his friendship with uh, a lot of guys from the Panthers, Luke Kuechly and uh, Cam Newton being chief among them. I mean, they're boys, man. They talk during the season, after the season, and just seeing them rib on each other like that's what we do to each other. If you're friend, listen. If I consider you a friend and I don't make fun of you, then that means I doesn't. Uh, you're not a friend. I don't really, yeah, you don't really care friend. about you. Yeah, you don't I don't really, really care about like you. That much. Yeah, I'm gonna make fun of you and say, uh, you know, you're looking fat today, or your breast smells, or whatever the hell, dude. That's just how guys are, man. Um, and it's it's uh, fun to see them do that too. Uh, well, the funny and-
1: part about this was is that Josh Norman just throws out there, "Hey, is Olson playing?" And Luke Keekly immediately goes, "Nope," and then. Cam and Jay start making fun of Luke Keekley like crazy because, you know, Luke Keekley got suckered into giving the enemy information and they're laughing, they're laughing. I wonder, though, did Luke Keekley have the last laugh because Olsen did play in that game?
0: Yes, he did. So he caught a would,
1: touchdown, too, I believe.
0: Yeah, you brought it to my attention. So it would appear as though uh, you said he played. Um, my memory is so shot, so I'll I'll take I'll your word up. for it. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, I yeah, listen, uh, it's one of those things where Luke is just a he's a genuine guy. He thought that he was, you know, uh, uh, budding around with a friend of his, and he was doing that, and he let a little too much info slip. Uh, you said that he uh, did play. I don't know. David didn't. I don't know. It's just. It's kind of funny that Luke, uh, being the serious four catches,
1: forty eight yards.
0: Yeah. So he did have the last. No lap.
1: touchdown. No touchdown though.
0: Yeah, Luke lied to him. Uh, trail one says.
1: <laughs> so. And, uh,
0: yeah, it, it was just fu- fun, man. That was like a real moment, and that's part of the reason that we were excited about this series was to see the interactions between these people. And it was fun having one with Josh Norman because he's such a character.
1: So this was a game that was, gosh, it it really was a, we we wanted to say it was a one-off, right? We wanted to say that this, we let one squeak by us where we had a chance to win, which they did towards the end, but it started on the worst of notes, very much like the game that would come two weeks later, I think, or the following week. D.J. fumbled on that special teams. He had two fumbles in this game, D.J. Moore. Tough game for the rookie there. And uh, Gano goes from a hero against the Giants to a zero against the Redskins, missing his first of many extra points. So you started to see the downward spiral right there, or at least we at that point in the season, Cody, were saying, hey, we are 6-3. and All we got to do is turn this sucker around. Maybe. No, we weren't even 6 and 3. That was our second loss of the season maybe. i did to look it up. Uh yeah, that
0: was our second loss of the season. Um uh, So cuz then
1: we then was it earlier? Uh Oh yeah, because later we I think we masked some of the problems. Actually no, we started to see some of the problems show their head around this time. Cody is that you start to see cam, uh, after that giants game, uh, putting, you know, the shoulder, they're starting to talk about it in the show. He's got it. He's got it going through the treatment. And then you have this sad loss here, this kind of disheartening loss that seems like a one-off. Um, and then you start to see that it's not a one-off and that it's going to be a long-term problem going forward but shortly masked by some success we beat the ravens at this point you come back you beat the titans so you come back and you beat the ravens cam newton had a great game against the ravens played through these you know the shoulder soreness he was looking great curtis samuel starting to catch fire in that tampa game there's a lot of good things going on at this point but truly, in the background, Cam Newton's injury was getting worse, and that defense was getting worse each and every week.
0: It really was. And, uh, you know, as the the shoulder injury started to progress, the, the defense, you know, you, it really showed you that the, the the offense couldn't depend on the defense and vice versa. But I, I also find it funny that this game was right before Philadelphia, and it was practically the same football game, except for in one game we managed to uh, get that crazy comeback at the very end of the game, and then one we didn't. And one of them, Cam, put his put the game on his shoulders and won for us. Uh, and then some people, uh, like a brother Herbert, say that Cam lost that game against Washington by missing that throw to Christian McCaffrey. So he
1: did. I mean, it was uh, it was too far. I mean, you know, it was right look, six feet off. You know, it's kind of one of those things is that, is, is that do we want to pinpoint one play? He connects and he makes in that game as one. He connects and you continue to hide a lot of this stuff. But we saw if you go from that game in Washington and then you go into episode five, it begins with those wins against the Ravens and the Bucks. Some success is masking that these problems are getting worse. But you, I mean, you see Cam Newton talking about how fun it is and all of this, but you're starting to see that the only problem, the problems aren't just on the offensive side of the ball. Episode five starts to highlight some of the difficulties that the defense was having, even though they never talk about the defensive line in this show. But your boy, Dante Jackson, our boy, we all love Dante Jackson. I think he's going to be the next. I think he's going to be a superstar corner going forward. But what we saw is that he started to... What I believe is he felt the fatigue of the pro season. And that is the pro yeah. season, there's there's no there's no talk about what you did well. It's only talking about what you need to do better. Um, and, and it's one that doesn't ever end. And you could see that he was starting to get tired. It felt like watching film receiving criticism from players and coaches he starts to argue at one point with the assistant quarterbacks coach and it it felt like a scene from last chance you at one point
0: it really did man And listen you know knowing that that pittsburgh game was so brutal for us and that we ended up losing the way that we did it was almost poetic you know uh, that happening right before we played them that Dante Jackson is, is letting things slip. He's not being technical. He's so used to relying on that talent and his ability to make a play on the football that right before, uh, you know, we go into Pittsburgh, that happens. And then he plays Antonio Brown. And Antonio Brown just, I mean, he, may, he embarrassed him. And then he throws that temper tantrum on the sideline.
1: Cam like, had to come over and give him a yeah, talking to like a dad. dad.
0: Yeah, man. Like a dad.
1: dad in public, you know what I'm saying? Your kid's misbehaving, and you want to just beat their tail, but you know everybody's watching, so you're yeah. like, you know, you got to give that yeah. stern that stern you have, encouragement.
0: You have to, hey, Rook, get your head on your shoulders and do your job, and don't let them know that they're under your skin. I mean, I don't know what else to say. You know, Don, Sometimes there's no better way than to learn uh, the hard way.
1: Now, one interesting one interesting part about this, Cody, is is it wasn't just the interaction with Dante Jackson and the coach in that scene uh, or the frustration you saw in the Pittsburgh game as things started to fall apart. But, look, everybody was frustrated probably in that Pittsburgh game. I thought that what was telling is at some point that the old hats, the OGs, Mike, uh, Captain Munderland and Mike Adams, as well as Eric Reeb was in the room at the time, they saw, they, they saw this. They saw that Dante is making rookie mistakes over repetitive yeah. mistakes. And you know, Dante's young. Let's give him that is, is, I don't think anybody should t- pull away from this, that he's uncoachable, that he's not going to be a pro pro. I don't think you have to worry about that at all. I think that this is a growing pains for a rookie who was playing out of his mind at the time for uh, way above where he was drafted because he had that bravado because he's known for that but as he grows and matures and gets a little bit more uh past these kind of spells he you know i think he's going to progress in this he was unhappy with the way he was portrayed by all or nothing he's been vocal about that but Cody, what do you think about that meeting with the players talking about that? To me, that's more instructive about what's going on than the coaches saying something.
0: It is a little more uh, instructive, and it also it gives me a little bit of pause and a little bit of worry because both of the guys that were doing most of the talking are not on the football team anymore. Uh, that's Captain, Captain Mungelen and uh, Captain Mungelen. Eric
1: Reed didn't quiet. say a word. He was he was so quiet.
0: Yeah, and you uh, you made it a point to bring up uh, before the show that uh, Eric Reed didn't really say anything. Now, to his credit, it's his first year as a Carolina Panther. Maybe he just feels that it's not his place when he hasn't been here that long. Maybe he didn't feel he had the 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 status yet to be able to talk down. Maybe though, a third uh, person
1: laying it on wouldn't have been beneficial yeah, at that it time. Have
0: been, yeah, maybe it wouldn't have been be- beneficial. And I know they're already uh, friends, and that they've they're they have both. Uh, been to LSU, so I don't know if that plays into it, but yeah, there's no real uh, veteran presence on our uh, and this brings us to another point, you know, James Bradbury throughout the entirety of the show is nowhere to be found. I mean, no, James Bradbury is not present in the show and even when you do listen to interviews with James, he doesn't come off as a very vocal No, he's He's
1: admittedly very reserved
0: very reserved, so even though he is, but now- they didn't
1: even show him. Why is he not in the room? That's all the DBs, that's all the DBs, and him. He's having such a great season,
0: yeah. He uh, he was having um, a pretty good season, and um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just
1: that even that- if he's there and being quiet, I mean, he better have been in a treatment room or something,
0: yeah. I really don't know. Um, and so that's the thing. We might never know. I, I mean, he's playing for a contract as well. Well, he got...
1: So then they go to the Pittsburgh game. And uh, just to remind everybody, it was James Bradbury that got torched on this first play of the Pittsburgh. We score on the opening drive. Christian McCaffrey walks it down. and It looks like they got no answer for Christian McCaffrey. They're going to do it simple, easy, get in the end zone. Then you go back and... And first play for the defense, James Bradbury bites on a double on a move, and all of a sudden, or and all of a sudden, Juju Smith Schuster to the house, ninety-eight yards. You've seen. So we saw the only time we saw Bradbury's getting smoked right there. Yeah. Then things go worse. They go from bad to worse with um, a tip pass or no Cam Newton under pressure and throws an errant ball, heaves it up. Uh, trying to just not take a safety ends up being picked off for a pick six. I thought this was an interesting moment in that because you look at all the stuff we say, like cam don't do that. These are the things that people always talk junk about with cam. I thought it was interesting afterwards. Norv said that's on me. And like he understood that the personnel that he put out there wasn't going to make anything happen he was calling himself out on that play.
0: Yeah, and again, I remember... See, this is when... Like, this is mainly when I take shit on Twitter or on this podcast or whatever because there are times when I say, that's not on Cam Newton, that's not on Cam Newton, and then people come at me, oh, I'm you just a Cam Newton ap- apologist and Cam never does anything wrong in your eyes." Well, okay, listen, sometimes you you... The the play call that you have on the field just isn't right from a personnel standpoint and Norv Turner knew that Uh, that's not all the time that's not always the occasion but uh, a lot of times if you put your quarterback in a shit situation with the shit play he really doesn't have a lot of options yeah maybe you should have thrown the ball out of bounds or or whatever taking the
1: safety yeah I mean you never know what you're gonna do but yeah, yeah but Norv wasn't going damn it Cam that was no. not his words. His nor no. his words were that was on me. And I thought another thing because I'm a giant North Turner fan. I think he is the right fit for Carolina with Cam Newton. I think it's just going to be it's just the right combination. We saw some of the good things from it last year, but I would say if you kind of looked at some of the body language when things weren't going well in this game, yeah. I don't think Norv Turner. Not only did he not have his best game, he wasn't ready for this Steelers game either. He didn't have any answers. He should have been able to adjust when they they were just getting after it with that 3-4 front, TJ Watt and that other dude. They just couldn't unstoppable. And they did not have a way to – they just couldn't change and adapt. And I feel like that's one of North Turner's generally good assets is being able to mix it up and play against people's strengths and weaknesses.
0: Yeah, and it's just – everything that could have went wrong in that football game did go wrong. That's and what that's Rivera what, said. Yeah, that's what started the slide. And th- there's no sugarcoating it. Hey, sometimes you just get the shit kicked out of you. And that's what happened. And everyone was embarrassed. And then um, I-, I think it's funny that even after that episode, uh, in the next episode when Cam Newton is stretching and he talks about the hit that T.J. Watt put on him, he said, <laughs> hey, th- that that was all me. I, I-, I should have seen him. Uh, I-, I just didn't see him there and uh he took a shot uh just being careless and thinking that he
1: had yeah no he gambled a little bit harder yeah he was careless that's yeah, right and i you know careless. it's funny curtis samuel was the one asking him about that and that all right so there's two other things to talk about though from this episode other than you know this is they're they're painting this as the beginning of the end uh for the carolina panthers but Uh, Jackson has a meltdown. Dante Jackson, it goes from the beginning is not paying attention to the details, at least seeing, seeming fatigued by the process, the monotony. The, you know, I think one of the things that we forget too is that people or people forget is how tedious and meticulous this is. It's not the fun part. You know, Sunday is the fun part for these guys. Is that I'm not saying they don't like watching film or that that like all the guys, you see them, they seem to have good attitudes about it. But this is the the part that is the the work part of football.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it, it it's the part that's not fun. And then so when you get your ass handed to you like that, then the next week you have to go over the film and watch yourself
1: (laughs) and then have the play and the coaches tell you how bad you suck.
0: And the coaches are laying into you and tell you that you need to do this better and that. Yeah. It's just not, not a good look, man. Um, but Hey, you, you have that whenever you lose like that, it's incumbent upon you to really know what you're doing wrong. Um, and, and you have to go over that, that footage and that film and it's, it's necessary. And the best have to do it, and and we did. And man, it's just it's such a microcosm for everything that went wrong during the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, you see a little bit of all of the factors in that one performance in Pittsburgh. Everything started going downhill after that game, and this dude, you shouldn't have written it in
1: What do you think about the meltdown by Dante Jackson? Do you think that? Yeah, I wonder if it's almost a good thing that this was featured on All or Nothing because Jackson gets to see that. And when you're in that moment, you don't really probably feel that you're being such a jerk or, you know, crybaby. We don't usually look at ourselves from the outside, from a third party. Yeah, I wonder maybe this will serve as a, a lot of motivation for the young man to continue to mature faster than oh, sooner than later.
0: Absolutely. And then, you know, he also said something. Um, I forget where I read this at, but Dante was saying, you know, he felt a little bit mischaracterized by all or nothing and how they portrayed him. But then he also made it a point to say, you know, I'm 5'10", 5'11". Like, I've always been the small guy on the field. I had to have a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. I had, I had to be a small man
1: syndrome. Yeah.
0: If you don't have that, then it doesn't boost you to the next level. So uh, I, I'm not worried about him, but I think that when you have that personality, sometimes you have to be checked and he got checked in the, in the worst way. And you're not stealing my Susan Dean's thunder. Susan Dean. I was trying thank to. Thanks for, for the 1499. We love you. You
1: don't have to do it. And, 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 no, you don't have to do it and rest, rest, sleep easy, young lady. She has to go get her rest, she said. All right. The yes, probably the, I think, I guess the moment. I don't know if there is a better moment of all or nothing TV than the moment, though, during this fifth episode. The Ron Rivera halftime speech against the Steelers was freaking amazing uh is that he's really rallying the troops he gets on dante jack like he he's telling dante jackson to get his head together not in a derogatory way encouraging trying to uplift him but also saying you gotta cool it son but on top of that my favorite part is is he's like these guys are gonna come out and act like they got big balls and they're gonna push you around and then he goes well, fuck them, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, that's my favorite part of all of it is story beginning, middle, end. Well, then, f- well, fuck them. That's a complete story in me, for me: beginning, middle, and end. That was, I was ready to go out there and fight somebody.
0: Yeah, I, I really was too, man. And I think I've said this too before. Bad the Panthers so, weren't. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's so weird. Rondavera's is buttoned up kind of dude. And he just did an interview about all or nothing. um, He said he
1: regrets. Adam Sanders wrote in the comments that he regrets all or nothing.
0: I read a little bit of what Ron Rivera said. I I don't know if he said that he regrets it, but he did mention, you know, in all the years that he's been in the NFL, the, the rule always kind of was is that, you know, everything that happens behind the doors of a football team, that's only for the football team. It's not for anyone else to know or to see. And in today's world, with all or nothing and hard knocks, uh, it's just very different. Uh, people want more access to the football team. And it is, I bet it is weird, man. You're going home at night, and then there's a camera crew that will film you and your family uh, just doing stuff. Maybe not every night, but, you know, it's, it's intrusive. They, they yeah, that's how go, he described it, as
1: whatever, invasive, man. and that he would pass next time. Yeah, please don't pass sure. next time.
0: Well, I want y'all to
1: I want y'all to do all of it forever. I just want you to let me into your lives. Actually, just let me into the room, please. All right. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. pretty awesome. Ron Rivera was somebody, but I don't think he uh, first is that. If I don't, do you watch the Last Chance? You? Oh
0: yeah, I watched
1: them all. So you've watched the new one.
0: Yeah, all
1: of it. All right. So he's nowhere in the realm of a Jason Brown.
0: No, not at all in the realm of a it Jason Brown. It seems
1: like uh that it was all um in the right moments in the right context. You know, I, I don't think I don't think it was anybody was poorly represented at, at at one at the throughout the show. I thought the Panthers come out looking really good. He just said that you know. I guess it's it's just another distraction. You no, just the, the, you just know that you you always have to watch a little bit more how you act, what you say. Probably.
0: I mean, in, in your opinion, who comes off the worst out of any person in the whole series? I think the the easy answer is probably a rookie cornerback, Dante Jackson, nope. in a moment of of weakness, and then you know he gets burned by the best receiver. Maybe in the entire NFL. I'll tell
1: you who comes out looking the worst, and that is the focal point of episode six, the last part of our discussion for the night. Yeah,
0: let's talk about this.
1: Devin Funches didn't come out looking well in this series to me. I did slightly feel bad as I was watching this, Cody, that we had made fun of him. Specifically, I had made fun of him throughout this entire time, calling him salad boy because he loves his favorite food salad. And yeah. then on top of that, I go further and I had him do one of those videos where you can pay the people to send you a personal <laughs> video. And I asked him what his favorite salad was or what salad he would pick. Uh, so this was a hard episode right here. I, I, I felt guilty for talking junk about Funches, but at the same time, I didn't like him anymore after this episode either.
0: Well, I mean, listen, when your own family, when the when the camera crew is cutting to frames of your family saying, man, he should have caught that one. Yeah, poor guy. That that, what a him.
1: terrible game. He had like Dude. seven drops that game.
0: You go to your hometown in front of your family with the season on the line and you're just a liability. Every single ball that they throw at you, I mean, in my opinion, listen, I know I sound like an old broken record all the time every Tuesday night on this show, but uh, listen, uh, this is a microcosm for a lot of what Cam Newton has had to put up with uh, the entire time he's been with the Panthers, a lot of underwhelming wide receiver talent. Um, Devin oh, we're going to the- be
1: talking about that on Tuesday night because right now we've got overwhelming talent. On Tuesday night, 9 p.m., oh, join yeah. the C3 Panthers podcast. Cody, I'm just a plug for the show. I'm so happy that we're not getting excited about guys who are overperforming our expectations. Instead, now we're getting excited about guys who are meeting our what we, we hope they would become. And so yeah. what I mean is this, is that – we would hope that Devin Funchess would be better than he was. Well, now we're getting guys that are be, becoming what we thought they were.
0: Yeah, Devin Funches had the opportunity to be our very own version of Michael Thomas. A big body receiver, might not be the fastest, but could use his size and go up and pinpoint the football, You know, especially after Kelvin Benjamin goes down in 2015. Devin's first year in the NFL. I mean, he was put in every position to be uh, a very successful wide receiver and even the number one option for Cam Newton. And he had every opportunity to prove that he was that kind of a player and he never, ever lived up to that kind of a talent.
1: Well, how many many players throughout the league and that we've followed have never had that much opportunity given by a team? You know, they get like yeah. four chances and a team forgets and moves on about it. This episode, Cody, starts with a, a back, kind of a flashback, not week 11, but early in the season. Funches gets into a verbal altercation with Scott Turner. Yeah. And, and um, now, they, so it was kind of a heartfelt moment. You get to see some cool things. And when I mean cool things is, the intimacy of people and personalities and how you have to try to manage these things. Ron Rivera, you know, they Funches comes out and basically says, he said last week, my cousin was killed. Uh, he's from Detroit, probably had not obviously the best of areas in Detroit as well. And he said today was the, was the funeral. And he's just kind of essentially caught up in his feelings at the moment. And he didn't think that the play was getting called in. So he goes in and then Ron Rivera pulls him to the side, Cody, and, and really kind of listens to him as the kid. I mean, he's in tears. He's just like um it was a mess at the moment. Yeah. And I I hope I won't say I hope I don't know how to frame it, is that if it was truly because of his cousin and the funeral and that and those things were complicating his emotions that day, um that's what you know at least how he framed it and how we hope it was and expect it was but i tell you after he yelled at him he quick he quick realized you don't do that because he was on the apology train real quick he was not sticking he was like i am so sorry i just want to work hard play football work hard play football please don't cut me
0: yeah, and I don't think – I mean, there's never been any reason before this for us to ever think that Devin Funches was the kind of player to do something like that. Right, you right. That, yeah, listen, everyone has bad days. Sure, you know? sure,
1: I've done and, said the I, worst I, I
0: understand them too. You have something on the brain and you want to be with your family and it feels like you're at work. You know, just sitting around with your finger up your ass, not doing anything when you could be with your loved ones during a time of grieving. It's like, listen, I understand. It doesn't mean that it's okay, but at the same time, we're all people, man. No one's machines. No one's born to, you know, work, 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 and do only the things that you're told to do for a living. I mean, we're all people. We all have emotions and families. And I think that gets lost a lot of times about these football players is that, they have families too. They go through things. They have, um, stuff that, that they're going through that you'll never know about. And it's important to remember that when, uh, when players are having ups and downs throughout the season, um, it's easy for us as fans to pile on and just, and, and, and add, uh, salt to the wound. Uh, but in the end, you're not, not doing anything productive. So, um, yeah, listen. Uh, so he goes
1: yeah. on to – they fast-forward, though, Cody, and they fast-forward yeah. to the the Week 11 against Detroit. And, I mean, it's a coming-home party. You think that, you know, Devin Funchess had over 10 people or some something, something like insane amount, like 30 people at the game that he brought tickets – like brought his whole block with him. And then he goes about having one of the worst games you could possibly have as a wide receiver. I think he dropped yeah. at least five balls in that game. I mean, just easy one. Okay. Touchdowns, <laughs> easy stuff. Yeah. And he was a mental mess at that point. J-Dub said he pulled himself out of the game. You know, he ends up getting pulled. And uh, later on, I think after that game, uh, maybe it was the following week, or, you know, they said he had a back injury at one point, dealing with back spasms, as well as the Panthers, set, you know, basically was giving him time, I think, to get his head right. But he, afterwards, was still a mess. I mean, it was not good. I mean, Cam was working with him before that game personally, trying to get on the same page with the guy. Um, and he wasn't unreceptive to – you know, he wasn't brushing Cam off. But well, like you said, he had all of these things going for him. And that game right there afterwards – he was – you go and watch that. I was still upset after that press conference when you had the worst game. And I know that we don't want to say that you lost the game. I don't like when we say any one person, right, Cam would have won. I mean, but we end up doing it. He's asked by Jordan Rodriguez how his performance was and he contributed to the loss today. And he's like, I ain't the only person on this team. Other people made yeah. mistakes." He was yeah. like uh, recalcitrant.
0: I think well, that's the word. I think that's you might, the word. You, might, it, you made that up, but you just used the professor word on me. I think that's the yeah, word. I've never heard it before. Um, uh, Yeah, I, listen, Devin Funches is – I don't know, man. He had so many opportunities to be uh, you know, a fantastic player for us. And like I said earlier, he just never lived up to it. And then uh, I think J-Dub uh, or someone in the chat mentioned – you know, uh, not going up and getting the ball in that wild card game uh, against New Orleans in 2017. He just kind of gave up on the play. The first
1: loss against the Falcons yeah. in that in last year's season was again on, yeah. a, on a ball that Funches, you know, that he had to try. He was never, he always was catching the ball in practice but never in the damn games. He was hot or cold. That was the thing about Devin Funches. He was going to give you two touchdowns and 110 yards, or he's going to give you five drops and nothing right afterwards. Now he is with the Indianapolis Colts. Now I would say I wish him the best, but I don't because I don't want anybody to say, well, it was Cam's fault and all of this crap. Um, Now, this season, this show ended when the the spiral begins is that, you know, you lose to Pittsburgh, then you lose to Detroit, and then you have Seattle at home. You had Seattle on the ropes. you you beaten them up in many ways until Dante Jackson gets hurt at the end. We just could not fend off the attack of Russell Wilson with a defense that could not sack him in a secondary that was playing with a bunch of mixed parts and injury-ridden by that point. You saw that Eric Reed had his arm in a sling. These guys are – if you have your arm in a sling, like you can't physically just let your arm sit by your side without yeah. it hurting, and then you're going to go and play a football game where you tackle people, you're a warrior.
0: Yeah, you're a hell of a warrior. Listen, all these football players are warriors. Because they're they're, uh, playing injured all the football time. No one's healthy. Everyone's banged up. Everyone's sore. They're all, you know, taking cortisone shots. I mean, they're doing this kind of thing all the time. But, uh, I mean, look at what Cam Newton went through with that shoulder and was still playing behind that piecemeal offensive line that was torn to shreds.
1: I don't think they ever made in this show his shoulder out to be as bad as it truly was.
0: No, they, and you know why, though? I think that's because Cam Newton never made it a big deal. I, I, I think Cam Newton just never uh, didn't talk about it a lot to the team, didn't talk a lot about it to anyone other than the the, the doctors. So I think that kind of played a part in it. But it's, it's so for sure now uh, everyone knows that that shoulder was such a problem for Cam at the end that that's 100% why we lost so many of those games going back uh, to Seattle, Cleveland, it was a problem.
1: The show ends with a you know the disaster that was the Seattle game where they come back and they beat us at the last second. And the two plays that are kind of highlight, three plays highlighted. Corn Elder gets burnt twice. Captain Munderland also burned. It, you know, it just was this disaster of a last minute drive. Corn Elder, though, put in on the fly, had never played any meaningful time in the NFL yet, still coming off of injury. They said prior, I just read a story about Corn Elder, you know, getting back in camp this year and, and how he's, you know, continues to be athletic and looking pretty good. And they were saying that last year he couldn't before training or during training camp, he couldn't even backpedal. Like, I mean, he was still having trouble backpedaling from that fractured patella. You know, Corn Elder took a beating in social media after that game. I don't think it was really fair. I think Ron slightly threw him under the bus in the press conference afterwards. He was put in a hard position against a guy they knew. Look, even David Tepper calls it out and says they're going after Corn. But Corn's got to make that play. He was kind of there. He just doesn't turn around. Pat uh, Coltrane with the best comment I've ever, one of the best comments in Twitter I've seen so far this year, this was during the mini camps or whatever, and Corn Elder broke up a pass or intercepted something, and he said, man, damn, Corn Elder's still mess, messed up by that ga- game last year. He backpedaled that whole play. He didn't turn, like he turned around the whole time. He just played the play facing the quarterback, right? It's like, he is yeah. like, I am not going to get caught not turning around. I'm going to play this backpedaling. But no, yeah. is that, that was the beginning of the end. It really, that was when it, you know, it got, it became as Ron Rivera said with that Pittsburgh game is things got bad and they just kept getting worse. And we just couldn't figure out how to stop them from getting worse.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, I feel bad for Elder because it was never a position that he was supposed to be in. They drafted him to be a nickel corner, uh, which I feel as though they've drafted five players to be a nickel corner at We this can't point.
1: figure it out. Yeah, we, we can't, still can't out. And we you know, We don't even have it this year. Giant question mark on the and, team this year. And,
0: and then he had to replace one of the uh, fastest people on the football team in Dante Jackson. It just, yeah, the it, the man had no chance, um, and then you feel bad for him because ever since he had that game, it doesn't mean that's indicative of his talent level and what he's going to be one day. I and mean, maybe he does turn it on and and become uh, a great football player. I kind of don't think so, but you never know, right? So mm. um, I, I don't know. It, it was it was tough on him, but um, that's the way the cookie crumbles, man. And then you notice as soon as he's in the game. Where does Russell Wilson go to? Right after him. Right to, right to that side where he's at, and that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, and- nothing
1: was working well at that point in the season. At that point, the coaches weren't figuring it out. The players weren't figuring it out. The defense was a, was in champ. That right there, Cody, too, when the secondary starts getting banged up, Eric Reed with the shoulder, Dante with the hamstring or whatever, whatever it was, Um and then, you know, then you're playing with these other parts. You know, it, it really, at that point, we saw that the def- that the pass rush, the lack of the pass rush had been slightly over, you know, kind of shadow- overshadowed or overlooked because secondary is playing better than we thought they would. Yeah. 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 So. Uh- Well, here is this is this. That's the end of the show, by the way, is that we've covered what we came to talk about tonight. But really what we're looking forward to is Tuesday night because this is the first show after the Panthers training camp. Right now we've got a lot of those things that we've even discussed going back to last year to cover. Um, one of the things that you were talking about is how the new, how those veteran people are gone, Cody, as in the Munnerland, uh, the Mike Adams, and how will this, you know, who will kind of carry the mantle for this defense and step into those leadership roles? I think it's an interesting thing because we've brought in. Uh, I think our free agents have helped us with this. Is I think bringing Gerald McCoy in as well as Bruce Irvin brings us. I was I was thinking about this, Cody, and I was worried at the end of last year I was that we we're going to need a defensive rebuild. And it really looked like it at one point. But I feel like we've actually retooled more than rebuilt. And I want to talk about that on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, listen, everyone tune in on Tuesday. We're going to have so much to show. Uh, I'm going to have all the clips geared up and ready to go. I'm going to show you all that beautiful footage of Cam Newton throwing bombs, of receivers making plays, everything that's going to get you excited for the start of this football season to come. Man, football is in the air. I can feel it. I can taste it. Tony, I'm stumped, brother.
1: All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. It's a special bonus episode, Double or Nothing, Part 2, where we've been looking into the All or Nothing series. You can check us out live every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Go ahead and smash that thumbs-up button. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast if you're not. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. I get emails from people I love when I hear from the the listeners from the audio podcast or the version later on because we don't get to interact with them in the chat room as much. You can also go ahead and be sure to call in to the Cat Calls line and let us know what you think about camp so far and some of the standouts, some of the things that you're seeing or you want to see or want to know. The number is 252-228-5098. Cody, how can they hit you up on Twitter?
0: At c o d y l a c cody lack on twitter hit me up talk some Panther football whatever man let's do it
1: tony dunn here at cat underscore chronicles on twitter and we'll see you on tuesday night keep pounding
0: keep pounding without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done